Today in American Conversations, we have a very special guest. We are in the middle of December 2021, the Ghislaine Maxwell criminal trial prosecution part of the case is rested. The defense uh, begins later this week. And we asked uh, our guest, Tisha Hansman, to come, to come on the show because she actually knows some of the players that are in Jeffrey Epstein's orbit. And uh, as we all know, Ghislaine Maxwell is a former paramour of Jeffrey Epstein. She's been accused of trafficking victims for his trafficking, sex trafficking uh, operation. But one of the people that uh, Jeffrey Epstein has been friends with, as, as has uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, is a man named Jean-Luc Brunel, who is a modeling scout, ran several uh, modeling agencies, both uh, in the United States and Miami, uh, sent models to New York. He ran his agencies out of Paris, and he also scouted uh, in Eastern European countries as well as Western European countries. So, uh, Tisha, thank you for coming on the show and, and sharing your story. You're an author, you're a writer now, and your first book was about Jean-Luc Brunel. So tell us, tell us, first of all, when you met him, what happened and the effect he had on your life? Whoa, there, these are three, three questions. Wow. No, just start with one. <laughs> just start with one. Wow. Um, well, um, I met him in 1991. I was a young model working in Belgium. And I was uh, introduced to him by my model agent in, in Brussels. And he came there to scout like every month, uh, scout for new faces. And he, when I met him, he was right away really enthusiastic. And he said that I had to come to Paris right away. And uh, um, that he would like make me a supermodel. He promised me like this whole pot of gold. And of course, uh, I was flattered. I was 18. I was a young, young girl. And um, and he also said, you can also stay in my place together with other models. And uh, of course, I thought it was strange. And um, uh, but my agent in Belgium, uh, she said, like, yeah, but it's, it's an honor and he will take care of you. And um, don't worry. So I stayed there for a week in his apartment in, in Paris. And um, yeah, it was a crazy week because um, during the days he was really um, professional and like doing the things, you know, a model agent should do, like organizing stuff and, and um, uh, arranging test shoots and, and photo, like photo shoots and, mm -hmm. and castings. But like during the night, he he's, he changed. And uh, like every night there were like parties at his place and um it always started at his place and there was there were always people from the industry from the fashion industry there were this, there was this group of of um really young eastern european models right um when you say young how young because you were 18 at the time that's difficult to say but i was 18 <laughs> and i thought that they were really young and they all had the same story they all came from poor backgrounds Eastern European countries, they, they, some of them barely spoke English and they were all scouted by Brunel and they were like, their, their tic ticket to Paris was paid for. And 
when they were there, you know, they, they wanted, of course, a modeling career because that's what he promised them. But, you know, it never it never is an instant success, you know, so it takes time. And and it it, it felt like they, they were there, you know, just as a kind of entourage of this. And because they're at these parties, there were always uh, older, rich um, uh, business friends of Brunel. And um, let me let me back let me back up. So so yeah. when you stayed at his apartment, how many other how, how big was the apartment? Ooh, uh, I don't know. It, it, for me, it was big. You know, it had like I think three or four bedrooms. Um, and how many really, models? How many models stayed there when you were there? How there many were spending the night there? There were three other models staying there, and um, so I was the fourth one. But the group of Eastern European models, they didn't stay at Brunel's place. So they came from somewhere else. Okay. Uh, but they, but they, they were uh, present during the night or were they yeah. present during the day? No, present during the night. So when these parties started, they were there as a kind of entourage. Okay. And, and, how, and, how, and so there were probably, what, 10, 10 or 12 girls? Something like that, yeah. All right, and, and and how many how many of these other people that were friends of Jean Luc's showed up? The men. Ah, oh, I think also around around ten or something. Okay, were there any older women that were there? No. Okay, so it was no. just it, and and when you say older men, are we talking because you would have been you know nearly twenty, but are they in their thirties, forties, fifties? Yeah, 30s, 40s, 50s. And there were some uh, men from Saudi Arabia. Um, and they were all bragging about like that they were wealthy and they were, you know, they had a lot of money. And um, were they pre were they pre presenting themselves as sheikhs? Yeah. Okay. Did I mean, and, and, and you don't know whether they even told the truth or not because you're. Because I don't know. You're, I don't know. I don't know. I remember that we made jokes, or they made jokes, like oh, like in Saudi Arabia, we have to wear the the how do you right. say the the attire on their head. So 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 were the girls asked to dress uh, sexy? Were were they were well, they? When you look back now, were there any subtle hints by Jean to tell you how to dress? Uh, well, as a model, you you had to dress sexy. That was mm -hmm. a kind of uh, that was because I remember that I arrived there with my backpack and I had a few pants with me and my modeling portfolio and and it, he looked at me like, "What are you wearing? You know, you you cannot wear pants. You know, you have to wear this short mini skirt and and high heels and stuff. And because that's you that's what you have to look like as a model. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, even during, so, even during the day, or was it just at night? Um, also during the day, you had to look presentable if you went to castings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was. Uh, and and did when you look back now, does it, during that time period, and it was mm -hmm. it just one week that you were there? I only stayed there for one week. Yeah. Okay. And, so uh, when you went out for the for the for the uh, for the calls. Um, for the modeling calls, mm -hmm. did did uh, did when you look back and reflect upon this, were they legitimate 
modeling calls? Yeah, I think so. And, and and that made it and that's also what made it so difficult because during the day I had the feeling that uh you know like that I was doing this, this my job, you know, and that I was doing what I was uh, supposed to do there and what I was right. uh, that what what the reason was but that I came there. But that during the night it was like it completely changed and and also Brunel he changed so he he had like two phases he had the professional phase during the day and he had a kind of yeah he changed into a predator at night. Well, he it made was like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. So so during 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 that week, um, did you ever run into Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, it was at my first night when I was there. Uh, I was. Uh, you know, I just arrived, and uh, I was there was this party going on there, and I, I spoke to this Russian girl, really young girl, and uh, she was with this man, and he come he he came to sit with with us, and he started to to give me some advice, like career advice. So he was saying, like, okay, you should really realize that that Jean Luc Brunel is an important man, and that you should you know, take, try to take advantage of that, you know, that you, uh, uh, that he sees something in you and you should really like to do your best and not to be too difficult. And I remember that it irritated me because I was like, what do you mean with not too difficult? Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was a short conversation, but I remember years later that, um, when I started researching Brunel, um, I, I found that he was like mentioned in the court, the first court case against uh, Jeffrey Epstein in, in 2008. And I saw the pictures of Epstein and I, I right away knew like, okay, this is the guy I saw there. Right, right. And yeah. at that point in time, and you, there's no need for you to have known this, but I think for the audience's sake, it's important that they know. In 1988, CBS 60 Minutes in the United States had done a huge expose. Diane Sawyer had done it on Jean-Luc Brunel. And it was about his predatory acts on young models um, yep. in, in Europe. And, and uh, it was a huge story at the time. It was so huge that Eileen Ford at the Ford Agency, basically she broke her relationship professionally with Jean-Luc Brunel. And there was a, he had a reputation in the business as did other modeling agency owners males i don't need to get into the names but that there was there were rumors about how the young models were being misused yeah by some of these guys and and jean luc brunel was exposed in 1988 so this is this is almost a de you know this is a couple of years later when you run into this guy yeah and that's also like you know, you have to look at that period, you know, there was no internet. Um, right. So I, I couldn't Google Brunel, you know, in 1991 when I was sent to him, you know, now right. it's a different time. But uh, what still pisses me off until this day is that my agent in Belgium, she sent me to him, you know, and she must have known. She must well, have known. It's, a, it's a very close community. It's a very close yeah. industry. The rumors fly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, it happens in broadcasting. It happens out in Hollywood. It happens in yeah. a modeling agency. It happens on Wall Street, quite frankly. Yeah, I know. Um, so she must have known, but she may have seen, she may have seen some benefit to herself that she would yeah. your modeling age, your modeling um, 
agent would have looked the other way. And, th and that's the point, I think, of what people need to understand within within this, this uh, sexual predator world. It's never one person. It's the system. It's a system, right. It's a yeah. system. There's no doubt about it. It's yeah. a system. And, it, it, and it's like the Catholic Church. It wasn't just a predatory priest. It was the lawyers. It was the state legislatures for the um, statute of limitations. It was the cardinals that wanted to keep the, the people in the pews. It was the Vatican who certainly never wanted to admit that they that they had a system of evil within, within the Catholic Church. Yeah. So, so going back to your story, mm -hmm. tell us about... Uh, that week, outs, um, to why you left, I guess I should, I mean, I mean it, it's, you know, yeah. let's, let's get into it because I mean, you guys partied, um, yeah, so was, was there cocaine? Was there drugs? Yeah, there was cocaine. Uh, I didn't do cocaine, but there was like plenty of it everywhere and uh, a lot of booze and like, like every, the, every night it started with, with, um, parties at Brunel's place, then dinner in a fancy restaurant, and it was always like this big, huge table with, uh, and it was always the table setting was always uh, men, girl, men, girl, men, girl, men, girl, mm -hmm. and uh, and afterwards you went to this club and you always went through the VIP entrance and you were on the VIP deck, and which club? Was, which club? In, which club in Paris? Uh, Le Le Bain Douche, mm -hmm. and uh, I think. Was name was called Rex. I don't know if it still exists. Okay. And um, and and you were supposed to stay there. So uh, I remember like, that I wanted to make a round to dance, you know, on the dance floor. And I was like, you know, they were saying like, hey, but where are you going? You know, you should stay here. This is the place to be. And then, you know, of course, uh, I realized back then already that you are just. The, the entourage, the arm candy, you were there because uh, not because you are good in conversation. <laughs> mm. You were there because you are a young girl. And um, yeah. So you, you traveled as a group of these guys. Were, were they different men uh, every night? Um, some of them changed. Some, yeah, some the same. Yeah. Did you, did you ever see Epstein have a drink or do any drugs? No. Because he fashions himself of never having drunk and never doing drugs. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. So no, I don't. I, drugs for sure not. Uh, and and drink, I don't know. No. I did don't. did you were the girls expected to sleep with the men? Well, it was strange. I never saw them having sex, but you felt like that they were staying, you know, with with uh, these men, and that afterwards something could happen. Could happen. Yeah. Could happen. Okay. Yeah. And, Were there uh, any expectations or comments by Brunel the next morning? Yeah, Brunel, he was like, every night he was making comments. He was saying to me, as uh, well, uh, personally, he, he said like, every night he said things like, okay, one of these days we're going to have sex, you know, uh, I'm going to fuck you. Um, uh, he tried to um, gra grab me um, multiple times and... Um, but, you know, I was 18 and maybe I was naive, but I thought I could handle him because he's this short guy. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 so I remember that I thought, you know, if I make jokes or if I just like, like really harsh jokes. So I said to him like, hey, you're too old for me or you could be my dad, you know, and just 
Well, you can do that when you're older. If you if you've got older brothers, sometime you can do it with your. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it depends on where you are in the family. I think, yeah, I don't have brothers, siblings, but um, I thought that I could handle him, you know, and um, uh, and I think that he really thought it was funny also that that I was like making jokes about it and and also pushing him away, but. Um, well, I I didn't expect, of course, that the last not, night of my stay, uh, we we went out, we came back to his place. Um, he gave me a drink to celebrate my my career, the start of my career in Paris. And um, I think about fifteen minutes, twenty minutes later, I started to feel uh, sick, so dizzy, and noises were really strange and sweating. Mm -hmm. And um, I said to him, like, I I feel bad, and I have to lie down and um he said to me oh come i'll take you to my bedroom you can stay in my bed i'll take care of you and i remember it from that moment on it started to get fragmented mm -hmm. um so i remember that he took me to his room i remember that i wanted i said to him no 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 but um i, I didn't have really the power anymore or like the conscience to to really you know stop it or do something else and then he pushed me on the bed. Um, he was on top of me and he started, he was kissing me and uh, he, he ripped my clothes. And But I also blacked out during, and then I, I, I was awake again. And like the last thing I remember that he penetrated me and then I also blacked out. And the next morning I woke up in his bed naked um, with a kind of... Uh, kimono on over my shoulders and my arms and that was his um and i i when i woke up and when i started to realize what happened you know um i i just i just wanted to get away so i took my backpack and i just escaped the house because i heard that he was in the other room and he was in the living room so mm -hmm. i escaped the apartment and i started to to uh, run and to the, to the metro and then to the station and I took the first train out of Paris and I was I remember that you know I felt really bad physically but I also felt so ashamed and so guilty of what happened to me and that I I that that's you know that I that I was that I put myself in that situation and um, so, no, I didn't report him to the police. And um, that's uh, still something that I regret every day, uh, that I didn't report him to the police right away. But you were 18. You were 18. I know. I know. You were 18. Yeah. 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 Uh, and this is 1988. I mean, it, it's... It, it, 1991. 1991. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so fast forward until... Yeah. And, and, July 2019. What happened when Jeff when Jeffrey Epstein was arrested for the second time? In yeah. So I when I started investigating uh, Brunel, I found the link with Epstein, um, his first case. Um, but like I, I spoke to his journalist, an American journalist, and uh, she said, "Yeah, but you know the Epstein case is dead. You know, it's like it's." This is this is back and this is after two thousand eight or this is yeah it was in a, I think it was in two thousand seventeen okay was, yeah 
And so then in 2019, of course, Jeffrey Epstein got arrested. And um, then uh, there was this uh, appeal uh, to come forward if you knew any of his accomplices. And of course, one of his accomplices was Jean-Luc Brunel. And um, so I first I spoke to the FBI, um, but they didn't uh, do anything with my report because it happened a long time ago and it happened in Paris. Mm -hmm. um, so then, but, but, but at the same time, Jeffrey Epstein has owned a, an apartment in Paris for decades. Yeah, yeah, and okay. and they lived really close. So mm -hmm. uh, Brunel lives on Avenue Hoche, that's on one side of the Arc de Triomphe, and uh, Avenue Foch. You know, that's the place where on the other side. Yeah, that's right. which, like is where, which is where Epstein is. It's, I mean, it's less than a, than a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a, a small walk. Mm -hmm. So, um, of course, it, I was frustrated. And then uh, um, I was the first one to report him to the French police, Brunel. When uh, did you report to the French police? In September 2019. Okay. So that was like 28 years after it happened. So my, my case was past the statute of limitation uh, because rape, um, uh, for rape, it's 20 years. And then, you know, you cannot, it's past the statute of limitation. So, um, but I knew that there, um, I knew, you know, that there were other victims and I just wanted to come forward um, and to try to motivate other victims to come forward too. So between between 1991, uh, it, I mean, what what happened to you as a result of this of, of this this incident with with Brunel back in 1991? Did you pursue your modeling career? No, I quit um, not long after that. I went back to Belgium, um, and uh, but I, I it, you know, it was like the light was switched off. You know, it was no. Mm -hmm. No fun, fun, you know, I was really lonely and really feeling traumatized, you know, if I look back on it. Uh, so I quit modeling. I went to study and um, and I tried to forget what happened. I tried to forget what happened and, 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 and to bury it somewhere. And I think as a result of that, you know, I've been, uh, um, yeah, I've, I've um, I went to party, I drank a lot, I uh, used drugs um, in the past and... and uh, to bury uh, the pain and the shame and the... Yeah, to bury it, you know, to, to, make, it, to make it less painful. And uh, also I, I, I had a lot of depression. So... Did you, did you ever receive any counseling? Yeah, I, I did counseling, but I never really wanted to to really talk about the rape. So uh, just four years ago, and the strange thing is it happened exactly at the same moment as Harvey Weinstein, uh, as all the survivors of Harvey Weinstein came forward. And I recognized my, their stories, you know, what in what happened to me, because it's about abuse of power. It's not about only, only about sex, it's about abuse of power. Mm -hmm. So I started to talk in therapy about it. And um, I started to, to write down my story. And uh, that resulted in my book, Close Up, uh, what I published last year. But um, it took me years. It took me years to, to find the courage to come forward and, um, and to... to to get past the shame and the feelings of guilt and, and um, yeah, to really 
have the strength to 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 do that. Well, God love you for doing it because as a result of that, when you went to the French police in 2019, yeah. it opened up. Uh, I think it was shortly thereafter that they put out a, pro a public proclamation in French and in English on the internet. Yeah. Uh, asking anybody that knew anything about Epstein and Brunel to come forward, which led to other women coming forward. Yeah, a, a big group of women came forward, but it was frustrating because the first, I think, 11 other women, um, they were all past the statute of limitations, so the police couldn't do anything. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then finally, last year, uh, last December, uh, one year ago, I mean, um, they arrested Brunel on the, uh, the charges of raping minors, and it's two cases, um, and he's, he's still in jail. He's uh, waiting for his trial, and uh, in France it can take up like three years before your trial uh, takes mm -hmm. place. So. Right, it does. Do we, are we uh, uh, and I think Virginia Jeffrey is one of the, yeah. uh, it's been out there publicly. Do we know the name of the other woman? Is, is she no. public? She's uh, she wanted to, she wants to stay anonymous. I think she's still really young and uh, I think also scared. And um, that's also I think that's really that's really painful. You know that that as a victim you feel you know that you that you you should like be yeah scared. You know like what what's well going it, on? it is. I mean they're they're. Uh, in the prosecution case against Maxwell, there were four women who came forward. Three of them have remained anonymous. One of them broke down on the stand and said that it took her so long to come forward because she was terrified of, of the victim shaming that sometimes happens when victims come forward. But it's very brave of women to come forward no matter how long ago something like this happens because yeah. until these people are caught, until they're exposed, they think that they are uh, omnipotent and that they can get away with anything. And it's never, yeah. again, it's never just one person. No, I know. Never one person. It's the yeah. system. It, and it's, and it, <coughs> pardon me. And I always think that, that you know, it, it takes a couple of people. It just takes the power of one, of somebody yeah. to forward to expose somebody, especially on this type of scale. It doesn't surprise me that there would be people that would be in the room and say, foreigners and say that, that you know, they're shakes or they're very wealthy or and that's that's how it's painted to a lot yeah. of these young girls. How many how many girls uh, that actually stayed at the apartment the week that you were there were from Eastern European countries or they that's just the ones that showed up for the parties? No, the, just the ones that showed up for the party because the ones that were like uh, in his his house, like staying there, they were like really working as models. You know, they had a, a career going on. Mm -hmm. So um, I I also don't think that he abused them. You know, because they made money as models. So you were there for for a week to get used to how to do this in Paris, where you were, and you were supposed to go back to Belgium after that. Uh, yeah, after that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did did he ever contact you? Did your agent contact you and say what happened? Yeah. What were you doing? What did you tell? So him? I I went back to Brussels, and of course, my agent in Brussels, she 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 asked me to come out to come to the office, and uh, I tried to tell her I didn't use the word rape mm -hmm. because I was so 
traumatized and so mm-hmm. scared and feeling dirty and stuff. And right. um, but I tried to tell her, her like, okay, Brunel, he tried to do things with me. Uh, I, I don't want that. You know, it's 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 not my cup of tea. I don't. I, you know, it's it's. Um, and I told him that he. I told her that she, he was making like these sexual harassing um and what was her reaction what was she 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 made fun of me and she said that i was like being an amateur for for like not you know using it to my advantage and that i was like this you know that was uh stupid you know and and that so basically telling you you weren't sophisticated enough and you didn't to play the game yeah that i didn't play the game correct you know that's the Mm -hmm. whole thing I didn't play the game and uh so like shortly shortly after that I just quit modeling and uh, I went to study and I still like did in in Amsterdam when I moved to Amsterdam as a, a student you know I did some modeling jobs but always on the side right and I started to work in the television industry like but always behind the camera because uh, I was like okay you know that's a safer place for me to stay yeah so did 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 any of the young ladies contact you in Brussels who had been at Brunel's apartment? Um, well, uh, when I came forward like two years ago, um, mm. I was in this Dutch newspaper with my story, and I got contact by contacted by another woman, and she has like exactly the same experience during the so, same time. Yeah, it, well, it was I think two years prior uh, in, it was in 1989 but she she was also sent by the belgium agency to uh, brunel and uh, she always thought like okay i lost control and this happened to me it was my own fault and when she read my story she recognized you know uh, that you know that, that probably she got drugged too and then raped mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah, it's it's good to speak to each other to 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 find that you are not alone. Right, that's really important, um, and that you realize that it's not your own fault. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hear like the, the 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 experience of other other victims, then you realize, okay, you know, it was not only me. It was not me. You know. There are so many others. Uh, well, it did. I think it. I mean, I've I've interviewed many many people because I've covered human trafficking, not just sex, yeah. labor, internet, organ trafficking, uh, all over the world for over two decades. Um, mm-hmm. But when I've spoken to women who have been violated uh, yeah. in any form or fashion, or ch- even children, uh, and it's not so much that children recognize it, but but as they get older, they do. It's 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 not personal. This is the, yeah. the mind of a predator is that they, they make their victims, they commodify their victims. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually not the victim's fault at all. It's the predator. The predator is, is like in the wild. If they have, yeah. their eyes, if they're a cheetah and they have their eyes marked on that Impala, they are going to go for that Impala. Yeah. That's, that, that's just the way that it works. Um, yeah. Did so since that time, since you came out and you spoke to the French police, you mentioned that there are eleven other women that have come forward, even though the statute of limitations is prohibitive. Yeah, so uh, I think even now more. I think in in total there are now fourteen women, and uh, including the two cases that are within the time frame. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, let's let's wait and see what happens. You know, if uh, there's going to be a trial, and uh, what for me is strange is that the whole um, relation to um, to Epstein and the sex trafficking, um, he's Brunel is not charged for that officially yet. Well, so, he's he's not. I mean, what we have is evidence that, and we we have him. I mean, the the public has him in knows of the pictures of him being on Epstein's island, yeah, uh, with Ghislaine. Um, yeah. we we know that he has been accused by Virginia, and I don't know if yeah. there's any other women that were on the island that accused him. Um, but I know that that you know he's he has enough of a presence in Epstein's life. Especially, there was a woman who was who worked for Brunel in the Miami office who was interviewed years ago who talked about um, the women and the money exchange. I think there was some. It's not speculation, but there was yeah, there was yeah. an exchange of about a million dollars between Epstein and Brunel. I think it's unclear at this point whether it was an investment or whether it was to to to. Uh, you know, to facilitate any of the movement of the girls, because some of the yeah. girls, some of the models that came to the United States uh, that Brunel sent actually went to the uh, East 66th Street apartment building in Manhattan and stayed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you know the location of the um, of where the girls that would show up at the party where they stayed in Paris? Uh, no, because like the like agencies, they always have these model apartments. They're mm-hmm. usually really crappy apartments, and uh, you are there with like a lot of girls. Right. So I think they must have stayed there. It was like facilitated by uh, Jean Luc and his agency. Probably. Were any of the other models that that were sleeping over at uh, Brunel's office were any of them from the same agency that you were sent from? No. No. So you were the only you were the only one. Yeah, at that moment, yes, yeah. Okay, and then the woman that you spoke to in the last couple of years, when she was sent by your agency, did she actually stay at Brunel's apartment as well? Uh, yeah, she stayed there too, and uh, uh, yeah, the same thing happened to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is the is the the is the modeling agent that you dealt with back in 1991? Is that person mm-hmm. still working at that agency? No, I know, uh, you know, a few, a few years ago, uh, for, I think four years ago, I, I called her, the Belgium agent, because, I, 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 you know, I, that was before I reported Brunel, but I, I was starting to research him. And I just wanted to get in contact with him. I wanted to speak to him. I wanted to see him in the, look him in the eye, you know, and confront him what, what he did to me mm-hmm. and uh, what he took for me also. And um, so I called my Belgium agent and, you know, she was she was like defending him. She said, no, you know, it's not true what you're saying. You know, he's he's too too sweet. He would never do that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I asked for his number, she said, no, well, I haven't uh, I don't have his number. And um, but she was still doing business with him. Um, So that that's was really strange of course and um and then she hung up on me and and i think exactly in the same month as epstein was arrested right she, she sold her agency interesting interesting yeah. what yeah. was the name what was the name of that agency uh, models office models office models office and in, that in that brussels. was that was in brussels yeah, yeah. okay all right yeah. 
Well, so going forward, you have your you've got your eyes. I, I expect on what's happening in the Maxwell case. Oh yeah, you know it's so important, and I feel also really um, emotional. You know, uh, I follow the whole case, of course, um, and I feel emotional because it's the first person from this whole network that is in front of a judge, in front of a jury. And um, so I had really high hopes, um, but I must say, like, you know, now the the the, the prosecutors have rested their case. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm frustrated. I think. I think you mentioned uh, to me, you mentioned to me on the phone or and by email before we did this interview that mm-hmm. uh, you you thought that that there should have been more. Yeah, more women on the stand. More women on the stand, and uh, because uh, I met Virginia Roberts, um, and 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 she's one of, she's one of the most prominent survivors of Jeffrey Epstein, and she she has been also staying with Epstein and Maxwell together, and she accused Maxwell also of of of, uh, of traffic sex trafficking of abuse, and I really don't understand why she is not you know um one of the uh one of the uh, accusers have has she have you asked her that question no i haven't been in contact with her lately but um um uh, it's for me it's it's i don't understand but also maria farmer the the sister of any farmer why she's not being heard you know in 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 court and there are also many many other other uh, victims and for me that's i really don't understand why there were only four well, I th- from from from, and this is just you know taking a look at the case. It's they've focused on people who were minors at the time. Mm-hmm. Maria Farmer was not a minor when she alleged she was molested. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they may be sa- saving Virginia's testimony for the second trial because remember, there's a perjury. The, the, there were eight counts altogether. Six yeah. of them had to do with sex and sex trafficking and conspiracy yeah. for sex trafficking. And also perjury. Two of them were perjury, and then they were bifurcated by the court. So there's a, yeah. there is a second trial to this. And, I know. and the, the, the perjury charges are related to a deposition that was taken in the defamation case um, Virginia had sued Ghislaine Maxwell for Maxwell. defamation in 2015. 2015, yeah. Right, and that was and it was Maxwell's deposition in that case that had been sealed for years. That was unsealed a couple of years ago, and that's yeah. that's the basis of the two church, um, perjury counts. I know, and, and, and I know that that you know maybe I, I'm anxious or maybe I'm just you know <laughs> nervous. You want to see justice. You want to see. see, Yeah, I want to see justice, and um, I think it's really important, you know. Also for the Brunel case against, like in France, you know. uh, I hope they can connect the dots, and uh, but uh, on the other hand, I know that there are a lot of powerful people involved in this case, and that there are a lot of powers, you know. um, Yeah influencing this case i think yeah possible possibly and 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 the public may never know the public may never know what happened behind the scenes because the public did not know um but for courtney wilde and uh conchita snarnoff who reported on the sealed 
sweetheart deal that we referred to yeah. back in 2007, eight. And, and, and yeah. nobody, they didn't want anybody to know. They didn't want the victims to know about that Epstein was going to get 13, 13 um, months, basically, you know, as a roundabout going in and out of the jail every day, you know, to an office or to his home. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. we don't, we don't know what we don't know, but I, I just want to say in closing, thank you very much. And I want to acknowledge you for your courage and your bravery of coming forward and, and, and moving that along in Paris with Brunel, because you were the first person to report to the French police. You did go public. You did write your book close up. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to help you get that translated uh, into yeah. English and, and distributed and sold here in, in America, because it's an, it's an important story of a long journey of yeah. how something affected you for decades. But then there was, there was an outcome of this that, that, yeah. that hopefully helps other women to come forward and, and to just, I, I, just, I just want to add, you know, that, that it took me a long time to come forward, but I'm so grateful for, the person I am today and, and because I, I really, mm -hmm. it, it gave me so much, you know, it gave me my, my self love back, you know, my self esteem, you know, and, and uh, I'm really proud of the person I am today. And um, so it gave me a lot. And I really, I know, you know, that, that it's difficult to come forward as a survivor of sexual abuse, but it's, it's in the end, you know, it will give you back, um yeah your, your voice gives yeah. you back your gives you back your voice and also yeah, your self-esteem it's it's taking control and, yeah. and and it's standing up and it's very that's very important and that's and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do you're so important to be doing the interview with you this week because you know i'm certain that there probably are more people that are out there that are terrified of coming yeah. In, in terms of the Maxwell case and the Epstein saga and Brunel saga, because it's not just those people whose names are in the paper. There's a lot of other people that are out there that are probably involved in this sort yeah. of saga because it went on for such a long time. It's in the modeling industry. Um, and it, it's now's the time. Now is the time. I know, yeah. Exactly. And I'm glad for you that, that this has helped you get back your self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. That's important. That's very mm -hmm. important. Well, will you come back and talk to us as this proceeds? Because sure. we don't know. I mean, uh, last week, but when the when the prosecution case rested on Friday, they they people were saying, well, there's a recess until um, Thursday this week. Okay. Then they thought it was going to be over by Friday this week that the 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 uh, defense would be resting its case. No, and she's initially it was supposed to be six, and now all of a sudden, six weeks. Now all of a sudden, it's uh, we found out on Monday that there's going to be the defense is going to call thirty five. Thirty five, yeah, unbelievable. Okay, who is she going to call? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I mean, they they, they uh, there's some mention in the U.S. press about they're going to have to fly some people over here, so they were trying to arrange, you know, to the United States, so they're going to arrange. Uh, some travel. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens with this case. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Justice, justice will hopefully be served. Uh, if nothing else, it is certainly open up the doors of more information. I didn't think it would have a lot more information, but I think that the fact that the defense went after some of the victims because they had been compensated by the victim's compensation fund in, of Epstein's estate. Yet at the same time, over $30 million was transferred to Ghislaine Maxwell. That's why, yeah. 
And I, I, I the big question is pourquoi? Yeah, Why? pourquoi? That's that's correct. But and I also think that that you know, if a victim uh, could like turn back time, mm-hmm. you know, they would gladly give that money back. I'm sure. You know, it, it, no money, no money in the world. You know, will will make the trauma go away. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I think as victims of, of Epstein, they deserve, you know, to be compensated for the, the pain they went through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's not fair to, to like, attack them because they took money from that, that fund. Well, that's a, that's a defense strategy. Yeah. That's not the first time that they did that. When Epstein yeah. was first charged in 2007-8, yeah. the, the, uh, the young kids, and they were kids, mm-hmm. the young kids that were... Uh, interviewed at the time, there was one of his attorneys who turned over to the prosecutors um, the social media sites of the young victims. They were teenagers. Yeah. They tried to discredit those kids at the time because they were, they would, they would, uh, I don't know, brag about smoking, you know, marijuana or drinking or something like that. And, and but they wanted yeah. to discredit them. So this this is a tactic. I mean, it's just it's a tactic that some people think is safe to play. I don't know. After following the Me Too movement, I'm not quite certain that attacking attacking somebody who has a, who comes forward is to me yeah. to be a little bit riskier than it was it's 10 years ago. Really risky. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we will be in touch. And if, and if sure. you see something you want to talk about or there's something that you hear, please get in contact with us. All right? Sure. Yeah. All right. Tisha, thank you, thank you so, you so much. much. Thank you so thank much. You.